Welcome to another edition of PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Soboleski, at PEM Tweets on Twitter and author of PEMblog.com. Now, today we're going to talk about a disease that we do see relatively commonly in the pediatric emergency department. In the past, it was called idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, or ITP, but more recently, it's been renamed into immune thrombocytopenia. It's still a mouthful to present to your patients. In general, it presents with the sudden appearance of a petechial rash, bruising, and or bleeding in an otherwise healthy child. That helps distinguish it from more concerning things such as cancer. The overall epidemiology suggests that it's between 1 and 6 cases per 100,000 children. The peak incidence is between 2 and 5 years of age, and then there's a smaller peak in adolescence, though a child of any age can have it. Half of the patients are between one and four years of age, and then another 80% are younger than eight. So you're really dealing with grade school kids and under the majority of your diagnoses. In about 60% of children with ITP, there's a history of a prior infection. But let's be honest, most kids have a history of a prior infection because they go to school and get coughed on and licked and all other sorts of things. Now, the physical exam of a kid that you suspect has ITP generally shows some signs of cutaneous bleeding. And the most common reason that they're sent into the ED in the first place is because they have petechiae, uh, purpura, ecchymoses. Um, 40% have mucosal bleeding. Overall, when you break it down in a more specific fashion, cutaneous bleeding is seen in near 90% of kids. That's petechiae, purpura, or bruising. Oral lesions, or wet purpura, or petechiae on the palate, can occur in 19% of kids. Nasal bleeding, or lesions, in 20%. And then actually, 9% have no bleeding, and they're discovered based on low platelets on a CBC that was obtained for another reason. Fortunately, serious hemorrhage, and we're basically talking about intracranial hemorrhage, occurs in less than 3% of kids. Um, overall, the incidence of intracranial hemorrhage is about 0.1 to 0.8%. So if a kid you think has ITP fell and bumped his head against the couch and is acting fine, eh, you probably don't need to worry about him. Kids with depressed mental status, big head hematomas or other concerns on the neurologic exam, they're going to need a head CT. In order to make the diagnosis of ITP, you're going to need to get some labs. And you guessed it, the CBC is the most important lab. Your initial evaluation should also include a peripheral blood smear, reticulocyte count, a DAT, um, immunoglobulin levels, a type and screen, and anything else that hematology recommends. The most simple diagnostic criteria is an isolated platelet count less than 100,000 with otherwise normal blood counts and a normal appearing peripheral blood smear. That means you can't have two cell lines down or a high white count and low platelets. That should make you concerned about other etiologies. Bone marrow examination isn't required in kids with a typical presentation and labs that are consistent with ITP. Again, consultation with a pediatric hematologist can help you figure out which kids do need a bone marrow tap. In kids who clinically or laboratory-wise don't fit the bill, you should be concerned about malignancy, especially leukemia, 
uh, infection, autoimmune disorders, drug-induced thrombocytopenia, and bone marrow failure. These are all concerning, and you should really think about them as part of your differential diagnosis. The initial management has really changed since I started residency. We used to admit all of the kids with ITP, and many of them got IVIG. Now, newly diagnosed ITP can either be managed through watchful waiting or drugs. You can, however, tell parents that despite the treatment regimen, or no treatment, that is, up to 70% of children will have remission within three months. That means their platelet count will rise above 150,000. Risk factors for chronic ITP, that is, the disease lasting longer than 12 months, include those with an insidious onset of symptoms at presentation. Remember, most kids, it happens acutely. They're older, you know, teenagers, and they didn't have a history of a prior infection like a cold or a stomach bug. Now, when it comes down to the individual treatments, the main options that are currently used include glucocorticoids, IVIG, and IV anti-D immune globulin, or anti-Rho or anti-D immune globulin. They do raise the platelet count more quickly than no therapy, but they may be associated with an increased cost, need for admission, and monitoring for adverse effects. Now, you might ask yourself, well, why don't we just give the kids platelets? Well, it's counterproductive. Ultimately, the process going on inside the body is leading to the premature destruction of platelets. So it's just like fueling the fire. Watchful waiting means that basically you're going to wait it out until the kids get better, and many do. Now, hematology will definitely want to treat those with severe life-threatening bleeding. You know, severe or prolonged epistaxis, bad GI bleeding, intracranial hemorrhage. These kids are going to get both platelet transfusions and pharmacologic therapy. Now, some kids do have an increased likelihood of bleeding risk, and this is only grade 2C evidence, but the following factors are probably going to push a hematologist towards treating. It includes severe thrombocytopenia, so platelets less than 10, with signs of substantial cutaneous bleeding. You know, tons of bruising, bleeding, or petechiae all over the entire body. Uh, if you've got platelets of less than 20,000 with lots of mucosal bleeding, or recent head trauma, um, or something else in their history that indicates an increased bleeding risk. Social factors should also play a role in deciding whether or not to treat. So if you don't think the kid's going to be safe going home, eh, then maybe it's worth bringing him into the hospital. So whether or not pharmacologic therapy is used, you got to talk to kids about activity restriction, including contact sports. So you can decide this on a case-by-case -case basis, but until the kids, especially those that you discharge home, follow it with hematology, take them out of contact sports or risky activities. Ultimately, kids are monitored as outpatients treatment or no, until platelet counts rise above greater than 150,000 and they're stable without treatment if it was initiated in the first place. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is, well, how do you actually discuss this with parents? You know, maybe they get referred in because they're worried that their child has cancer or they're going to bleed out in front of them. The first thing to do is to provide reassurance and to discuss exactly what's going on. Now, most parents have never heard of a platelet, and they're only vaguely familiar with the notion that blood clots. I like to explain to them that 
this is a condition where the immune system accidentally destroys the platelets. So instead of using them to stop bleeding, they get chewed up in the spleen. You know, it's like a piece of luggage at the airport that gets mistagged, and instead of getting on your flight to Pittsburgh, it gets sent through the shredder. All of these platelets are getting accidentally tagged in the immune system with antibodies. And sometimes you just got to wait it out. Other times, a hematologist may want to give medicines to discipline the immune system and to stop the process from occurring in the first place. Nevertheless, reassure them that their child looks well and will continue to do so, and that this condition is very rarely associated with severe and life-threatening complications. Well, that's all I've got for ITP. I'd be delighted to continue the conversation online at PemTweets on Twitter and via my site, PemBlog.com. Again, this has been Brad Soboleski for PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast, wishing you efficient blood clotting and robust platelet counts. See you next time.